Feels good to hear the theme song rolling once again. We went sans theme song the last time out. Yeah. And that man saying yeah can only be the oh yeah yeah. Freel Buster Freestyle's most frequent guest, Andrew Patterson. What's up, buddy? I'm back, and I'm glad to be uh, joining what should become HBO's official podcast home, podcast partner of HBO Original Programming, Gavin Viano and the Filibuster Freestyle. Um, I think that you can work an angle in there. You are the man to go to when HBO's got something going on. They've got their premium program out. Uh, you are a premium source of information, and that's a lot of use of the word premium. Premium. Sentences. Well, guess what? First of all, thank you for alluding to what we're doing, which is, again, filibusterfreestyle.com. It's your buddy, Gavin. It's everybody's buddy, Andrew Patterson. And yeah. for the first time ever in your illustrious career as a pundit of the show, you have agreed to do a deep dive into an HBO show with me, a la our friend Dan O'Brien, who did yeah. Wine Wall and Dragons with us for Game of Thrones Season 6, like our friend Dan Ruddle who did Taxi Cab Fiasco with us for the Night of miniseries over the summer. And yeah. you and I are doing a little thing which we're going to call Player Pianos, the Westworld recap show, until HBO asks me and or sends me a, seek, a, 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 what's a search and desist or a stop and desist. A cease and desist. Cease and desist. desist. That's it. I'm having, yes. I've been flying all over the planet the last few days. I'm a little jet-lagged. But anyway, welcome to Player Pianos, everybody, which we may or may not change the name during this podcast. Or during this yeah. season. And what we're going to do, and again, we're going to be all over the place, but we're going to try not to be. HBO just dropped a ton of knowledge, a ton of sights, sounds, and like what-ifs on us in the first two episodes of Westworld. I believe they've already signed on for multiple seasons, so the show is going nowhere. All, yeah. you, all you and I are going to try to do is begin to set the stage based on the first two episodes Maybe a couple outlandish theories, but clearly this podcast is going to evolve as the show evolves. I mean, really quickly, and then I'll let Andrew Patterson jump in. Dan O'Brien and I were able to make season six of Game of Thrones work for us because it was a well-defined entity. West, Westworld is, I mean, the wild, wild west, to use a pun intentionally, right? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it was, and the tricky thing is it's two worlds. It's two worlds. It's the... The vacation world where dads go to have sex with robots, and it's the outside world, the real world that is in some unsure future, I'm assuming. It's kind of like where people build the, the aforementioned camp slash fake world where dads go to have relations with robots. So yeah. that's a good place to start. My first impression from a comedic hot take standpoint, this show is a cross between Bill Murray's Groundhog Day and The Matrix. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's very Matrix feeling-y. Um, and, you know, you watch it, and I don't know, you know Elon Musk. I do. Billionaire. Founder of Tesla. Yeah. Um, Not the band, the electric car. Yes. Yeah. Brilliant guy, billionaire. He has a theory out there that's called, like, the simulation theory, that our world is really just a complex simulation. Oh, so, wow. Like, we are in the Matrix. We, yeah, we are in the Matrix, or we are in our own Westworld. Correct. Um, that we're, that's just a simulation. So it's a really interesting thing to, I mean, you can really go down a rabbit hole and read about Elon Musk's simulation right. theory. A lot of scientists who push it, but Westworld is that. 
Yeah, um, so I and, and I brought up the Bill Murray part because for the, the first episode especially, you you get a sense of so Dolores is the main character played by Evan Rachel Wood. Okay. Yes. And we're we're gonna try to do which I have not done very well with either the Night of, uh, or Game. Well, Game of Thrones is easier because I read the books, but. I'm going to try to actually get character names and actor names right from the get-go. So we're one for one. Evan Rachel Wood plays Dolores. It's good that you're going to be carrying that because that is definitely my weakness, and I'm a little leery to start referring to people just by that guy, right? Description. Well, the problem is we're already way too into we're already way too into character. We have like a thousand characters already. We are at two hours of television. So anyway, right. My other comparison, which is a very loose one, to keep it in the Will Smith only category, is it like if they crossed iRobot with Wild Wild West, but with zero comedic flair, <laughs> which is cool. But- <laughs> Yes. Um, if you, I like how you keep it on the Will Smith uh, world. Yeah. Like, that's the Will like if Smith. Will, if you were to take two Will Smith efforts and sum up this show, it's iRobot meets Wild Wild West. Yeah. And ironically. And I'm, a huge, I'm a huge fan of Westworld right off the bat, but I will tell you, I would be a lot less of a fan if this starred Will Smith in any of the roles. There, there's no role that I look at and I think, wow, Will Smith could make that better. That's fair. And we'll move on through some of the characters. Because, for instance, this show has got a fantastic cast. Um, let's start with his royal knightness, Sir Anthony Hopkins, okay? Yeah. And Sir Anthony Hopkins plays Dr. Robert Ford, who apparently is the creator of the theme park Westworld. Um, but he does, he does not own it. There is a board of directors he answers to. I like that it's like a publicly like- traded company, and he's like, you know, he, he's almost like a... Steve Jobs, but he went public, and now he has to answer some people. Yes. Okay. Yeah, which I think is going to add a great wrinkle to the show. I also agree with that, because it's not like he's just the evil mastermind or the benevolent mastermind. He's got a corporate right. board to worry about, too, which is a real kind of a meta thing for a show. To your point earlier, two, two shows almost going on at once. The, yeah. the, the quote-unquote real world and then the, the theme park world that they've created. Um, this is also, really quickly, we should probably mention that I believe this is like Another one of Jurassic Park author Michael Crichton's novels. Is this correct? This is a Michael Crichton book, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, Michael Crichton, he, he really is into like dystopian amusement parks, apparently. My man loves dystopian amusement parks. Maybe we'll call this show Dystopian Amusement Park Recap. I don't know. Just file that one in there. I don't know if Dystopian Amusement Park sounds better as a band name of the week. Fake band name of the week. It's back, baby. And actually, while we're at it, Unofficial sponsors of the week, American Airlines for getting me all over the world the last few weeks, uh, Waterville Lynx in Waterville, Ireland. I played golf there poorly the other day. Thank you to those guys. Okay. Other luminary golfers besides myself to play there, a little guy named Eldrick Tiger Woods Jr., uh, Mark O'Mara, the late great Payne Stewart, myself, the list goes on. Yep. That's, a, that's a foursome. That is a foursome to be reckoned with. How about that? How about that? The late great Payne Stewart, uh, <laughs> Tiger Woods... The, the golfer formerly known as Tiger Woods, Mark yeah. O'Mara, and myself. So this will be the most inappropriate joke I make on uh, uh, on the podcast, but I would say even in everybody's current state, you are the worst golfer out of those four. Which is phenomenal because Payne Stewart's been dead since 2001. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> he is an honorary lifetime captain and now after lifetime captain of uh, Waterville Lynx. Fun fact there, too. Yeah. All right, let's get back to the show. So, Will Smith comparisons aside, what we're looking at here is, uh, I I don't know, man. I I feel like, 
Okay, all right, all right. One, one outlandish theory off the bat. I saw Dan O'Brien. Yeah, I think we should start with outlandish theories, and then as we introduce characters and, and ideas, rather than do a character recap, I think you can be an outlandish theory. What characters does it center around? We can remind listeners. Yeah, okay. So so here's one. Our last night I was in Philadelphia, Dan O'Brien, Daryl O'Brien, pundits of the show. They're in the show. They're all in on Westworld already, too. Dan read on, I believe, Reddit, I want to give credit where it's due, that one of the outlandish theories out there is that the Ed Harris character, whose name on IMDb is the Man in Black, yeah. is actually McPoyle, the actor Jimmy Simpson, who plays uh, William, who we met last okay. night, or we met in episode two. Basically, not only is there two worlds, but there might be some space-time continuum stuff in which... Ed Harris's character has basically like glitched the Matrix. He is like Neo, and maybe a, a malevolent Neo. But like, he's, okay. you know how he's trying to work at a whole different level, and he's scalping dudes for maps inside their brains. Yeah. And we'll get to all yeah. that. The outlandish theory I want to pose to you first is that Ed Harris is actually like in his own like part of the world, like later in time. And Dan's point was Ed Harris has only talked to the bots so far, none of the other guests. So here's my outlandish theory to build off of that that I came up with on my own on watching the first episode. All right. Here we go. Hit us with it. Is Ed Harris a bot that has somehow become sentient, and that's why he cannot be defeated? Like, if you know you are in the Matrix, right? Isn't that what happens with Neo? Like, he knows he's in the Matrix, so he can't be killed. So if Ed Harris knows he's a bot, like... He can't be shot. And he's he's very important because going to our player piano, the first two songs, the two songs that were played in week one yep. were uh, Black, Black Hole Sun, Sun by Soundgarden. Yep. By Soundgarden and... Um, Painted uh, Paint Black by Rolling Paint Stones. Black right. By the Rolling Stones. Those were the two player piano songs. So they're on the player piano. He's the man in black. They have referred to him briefly as only saying, and only a couple people know who he is, and saying, that guest can do what he wants. Right. But they haven't specifically said, is that Ed Harris? There's the allusion to it being Ed Harris, and not everybody knows who he is. Correct, correct. So, and, my outlandish theory with the man in black is that he is a bot that has become sentient, and this maze gets him out of... Westworld, maybe? Out of Westworld, or somehow gives, like, you know... So you think he might him, be trying to breach the park and get into the real world, whereas he's being painted off the, off the beginning as a visitor who's, like, just a really bad dude and kills Dolores' dad every, yes. every week. Again, outlandish theory only based on, on small pieces of evidence, but that's what outlandish theories do. All right, I, I agree with that. And, and, I, and I think that's a nice counter one to... He's clearly the first very mysterious character. Yes. Um, I, I mean... To, it, there needs to be something that draws you in because there needs to be some sort. There needs to be something at stake because right now these bots die and they come back every week. They die, they come back. They die, they come back. Correct. But you know what? You actually have hit on the next thing, which is, and maybe we can get a little bit outlandish here because we don't have enough info to, to know what the heck they're going to do. But this new wrinkle that Anthony Hopkins' character, Doctor Ford, and then the actress, the actor, African American gentleman Jeffrey Wright, he's, he's playing Bernard Lowe. Okay. Uh, yes. Bernard Lowe and Anthony Hopkins seem to be really into like playing with like accessing the bot's memories and trying to help make it more real. But it seems yeah. like they're actually just creating like the iRobot thing where sometimes the robots snap and try to kill everybody. Yep. Yes. And right. 
And like for instance, Thandie Newton, or is it Tandy Newton or Thandie Newton? Do you know? I do not know. Okay, well the great actress, T H A N I. Uh, the D in there somewhere. Tandy or Thandy Newton, we love you. If you want to be on the show, you can be our Brian Burton. We'd love to have you. Um, yeah. And you, she plays Maeve, Maeve Millay, uh, the innkeeper slash lady of the evening. Madam, yeah. madam. Yes, the mistress. The, yes. um, who, was that, who was that famous one a few years, like years ago when we were in high school maybe that um, had the black book? Oh, oh Heidi Fleiss. Heidi Fleiss. She's, She's the Heidi Fleiss, Fleiss of Westworld. Good point. Yes. Okay. Um, so anyway, Tandy Newton's character. I'm gonna go with Tandy for the rest of the show, and if I'm wrong, we'll wrap apology, like like we'll wrap apology to her next time. Tandy Newton's character is already starting to get. She's having memories from like way, way back. Like there's something going on. And so here's my question: Do you think that Dolores's father, Abernathy? By the way. Andrew Patterson sneezing, but silently. He's got a little Donald Trump sniffle going tonight. And yeah, I've got the Donald Trump uh, debate sniffle, which, uh, total subject, but how come he does not sniffle like that at any other event? <laughs> but that's, that, that's something else. Why is that only at debates? I've seen his speeches, yeah. not willingly, not cheering for them. They've been everywhere. Them. Yeah, they've been everywhere. He doesn't sniffle like that. He only sniffles at debates. I think because he's actually got like a nervous tick where he's got to think of the answer. Um, anyway, that's a whole other... Yeah. This is the point about Westworld, though. It is so dense already, you can get on any tangent possible. So anyway, what do you think, by the end of the year, I'm guessing we're going to have ten episodes here. Yeah. How buck wild are these bots going to go? It's, it's going to get crazy. I mean, it's going to get crazy. Because like I'm saying to you, there has, something's going to have to happen where there's something at stake. Yeah. Right? Because right now, I mean, a world in which robots can be treated terribly, killed, come back, but have emotions, but can always come back and the guests can't be hurt, there's nothing really at stake. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's going to get boring quickly, even, yes, if Anthony cool Hopkins, even if Anthony Hopkins is having political strife within his company at Westworld headquarters, wherever the heck that is, right? So, right. so the bots are going to lose their minds. They're probably going to lose their minds in the next two weeks, Yes. Yes, something's going to happen there, um, and, and, and there's going to be some sort of peril. There has to be some sort of peril for who knows who. For There's probably going to be peril for both the bots and the humans, um, and I, I think viewers are going to have to decide, probably, like, I don't watch the show, but I'm guessing you decide where you are in um, the, what's the other one that you, Wine, wine and Wall. Wine, uh, Wall, Game and Dragons, Trump. yeah. You have those different sides. You're picking who you are with, who who you want, to, who whose side you want. Are you on the North or are you on the um, right? Right, and, and probably because one, it's an HBO show, and two, it's to your point earlier, a dystopian amusement park theme a little bit. Yeah, I think there are going to be people that we like that we end up hating, vice versa. I yeah. think in some ways, this whole idea of dying is interesting though, because all these bots can get shut down or not shut down or decommissioned or recommissioned. So it's going to take a little bit of the finality out of it for the bots. I also don't know that I necessarily care about any of the guests. I mean, McPoyle, a.k.a. Jimmy Simpson, a.k.a. William, I think is going to be a big deal. Yeah. Especially if he turns out to be the man in black eventually. But um, yeah. the fact that somebody on Reddit already supposed that and we're already throwing that out there means that even if that was the plan, they're probably going to divert from that because... There ha there's going to be some sort of change to it, right? Yeah. All right. But, Let's... Know, I mean, I like that idea. I do like that 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 plan. That I like that. I mean, that's a great outlandish theory. Something to pay attention to, and that's what's great about a show like this right now, Gav. That you watch it and you hear these outlandish theories, you go back and you re, -re you rewatch it and you try to be like, 
okay. Right, because like... I made my outlandish theory about uh, the man in black being a bot that becomes sitting in it. You know, I'm probably reading too much into it. I rewatched the first episode. When he gets hit with the bullets, it makes a ping sound. Right. Even bounce off of you, you're not pinging. Like, I mean, I'm not the fittest guy in the world, so if I get shot with a bullet that doesn't hurt me, it's going to sound like a fist hitting jello. <laughs> right. Hey, uh, most humans don't be pinging. I feel that. Right. Um, uh, all right. Let's talk about that piano again real quick. So the third song they played was a little ditty by um, Radiohead called No Surprises. Um, yes. I think, it's, I think this, whole, this whole idea of playing modern music in an anachronistic way in a Wild West setting is phenomenal. Um, there's a guy Love named, it. his name is Raman Dijwadi. He is the guy who scores Game of Thrones. And apparently the idea came from the show's co-runner, uh, or showrunner and co-creator Jonathan Nolan, just giving props where they're due. Any interesting theories on the piano? Is it just a kind of a cool little fun thing for them and us to, to have and guess what song it's going to be each week? Or is it's it going to be important? There's no way that it's not. It's going to be important um, in some in some capacity. I mean, there has to be something there. There has to be a reason that those are the songs that are being played. That those are the songs being chosen. And maybe not every single song is going to be as important as the other. Yeah, but. I think I think there's logic behind it. I don't think it's just like this this neat little hey, look what we decided to do. Yeah, I agree with that. I hope so. I hope you're right because I think that'd be cooler. Now, let's talk about this part. We've got the bots. I mean, I don't know what we're going to call them until they hosts. I, we get, we'll figure it out. They, they call them hosts. Okay, they so we'll call, stop calling them bots. The hosts are the robots for everybody listening from now on. Okay. Yeah. So, but here's the one thing I want to talk about with the hosts. So you had. Dolores' father, again, he found that picture of what was probably one of the guests in, like, Times Square. Right. Who, for, for, just for, 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 for S's and G's, like, buried it in the, near the fence, and he found it. But remember how he whispered to her, and I have it here somewhere, uh, violent delights have violent ends? Yes. And then um, Dolores whispered it to Tandy Newton's character, Maeve. And now Maeve's having flashbacks and memories and getting... Do you think this is going to spread kind of like a one-by-one? One, or is that just kind of a fun little way, again, like, Violent Delights have violent ends. By the way, we might have to call the show Violent Delights. Anyway, um... That might be delightful. That might be it. Um, that might be it. But the bottom line is, huh. do, do, you, do you think this is, this, this is like kind of like you're in on the secret? Like, by the way, I have the sniffles too, apparently, but... Do you think yeah. it's in on the secret, and then you, you you hear about it, and you're like, oh, or like, do you yeah. think? Okay, I think it's viral. I think it is, um, and, and and to go back, just because I want to use this word again, perhaps it's bringing some sort of sickness to each of the people. Like, you know what I mean? Maybe they have figured out that you hear this sentence, and you yeah. think the, the the host thinks, why are they saying that? And then the first thing you go back to is, have I had a violent end? And then all of a sudden, you're being flooded with all of these violent ends. Mm -hmm. And the violent delights that these guests are taking at your expense, or are having at your expense. Right. So I think that line is pretty, I mean, damn, what a great line. And and I think that is kind of the trigger mechanism, it seems like. All right, here's an outlandish theory, and I just made this one up. Do you think Anthony Hopkins and um, Bernard Lowe, so uh, Jeffrey Wright and Anthony Hopkins, or Dr. whatever, yeah. Do the two lead doctor guys, do you think they want this? Do you think they want the guests to start getting effed up a little bit? Um, yeah, I think so. I think, like, Anthony Hopkins, like, there was that weird scene where he's out in there with the little kid. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Was and that kid, kid goes, I was worried for that kid, P.S. Yes, yeah, and I think that that's what the show does. I mean, you eventually find out he's 
he was a hope that became pretty clear in the end of their conversation, but he showed, uh, Hopkins showed real care for him. So if you create these things that you love, and even though you are creating for such violent purposes, yeah. I mean, you watch people go in there and, and do terrible things to them and pay a ton of money. I think at some point you were like, yeah, that's still mine. I, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And, and, you know, there was another part of the show where Anthony Hopkins, you know, he's in the park, he's talking to a little boy, but before that, I think, he was talking to do, uh, Dr. Lowe or Bernard Lowe about, um, where is it? I have the quote, but basically it's about playing God or kind of like tinkering with religion. Um, I'm going to find it. Give me a second. Yeah. The bottom There's line. been a couple. Go ahead. Couple of deep lines while you're looking for that. There's been a couple of deep lines he said that I think we're going to have to make, like, you know, you're really going to be paying attention to. If he's the guy that created the park, and in theory, the park's mission and the park's goal are really going to be coming from this guy. And if he's battling with the board, and the board wants these new things to come through, or the board, like, you know, they can be, they can be personified in that British kid. Correct. Um, who comes up with that great new thing, and he talks about how great it is, and he's clearly kind of like, supposed to be the symbol of probably the, the board of directors or whatever, you know, how things, how wrong things have gone for him and yeah. what a jerk he is. Yeah, absolutely. And Hopkins clearly has no use for him. Um, so. Yeah, that, I can't, but, yeah. But so he I had a line to him. He had a line to him, too, at the end of, at some point in episode two, do you remember when he presented his new storyline? Yes, yes, that's where I was going with this. Yes, to find out who they are, and Anthony Hopkins said, no, it's not for them to find out who they are, they already know who they are, it's for, and now I can't remember how he finished that sentence. But you're right, that was a big line, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to that, or like, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll figure that out, but that is what I wrote down, was that Anthony Hopkins was making, he makes, he's talking about witchcraft and playing God, and then when he's with the little boy, he basically talks about introducing religion. Yes. And, and, and so going back to the writer guy, who I think is a little bit of a sociopath, I think his name is Mr. Sizemore, uh, that's the character name. Uh, he's yeah. the guy who, like, he's the screenwriter, and he's got all this, his big, like, pitch and all this stuff, and, and basically, um, Anthony Hopkins basically says no, and he argue, argues for the subtlety, and he basically says that religion is kind of the new wrinkle, and that's kind of, like, the nuance, and to your point, and you, you, you didn't have it, and I'm not going to get it right either, but it was, like, they know who they are, and it was something like knowing what they're capable of doing or becoming, or something like that. Right. They want to know who they can become. Right. It was, it was along those lines. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So, so let's. That's, that's kind of like, I think the religion piece is going to be. Do you wonder if Anthony Hopkins is trying to give these people the real life, the guests? religion so that they'll stop with their violent delights and be more virtuous? Is that what he's looking to do? I mean, again, we are early and we were outlandish on purpose here. Yeah, I don't, I, you know, I don't know. I think that, think of how many people, and this is something that I think is the genius of the show so far, think of how many people you don't know their intentions in the show. You don't know what Anthony Hopkins' intentions are necessarily. You don't know what the Man in Black's intentions are. You don't know what, uh, and again, I'm just going to call him McPoyle because that's what I know him from. You don't know what McPoyle's intentions really are. Right, William, like, right. Like, characters that you're getting invested in and the characters that you like, or um, what's his name, the other the other one that Hopkins pals around with, the other uh, doctor. Bernard. Yeah, Bernard Lowe, yeah, exactly. Bernard Lowe, you don't know what his intentions are, really. 
And they're the characters that you like. The characters that you don't like right now are McPoyles. Is that his brother-in-law that he's with? Yeah, but he's the, actor, the actor is Ben Barnes, and his name is Logan, for those keeping score so, at home. Logan is a despicable character, but you know what his intentions are. He wants to go there and have sex with robots. C- correct. And that correct. screenwriter is a despicable character, but you know what his intentions are. He just wants things to be exciting and to, like, you know, fulfill this Hollywood idea of what it should be. Right. So He's trying to give people, like, uh, you know, Die Hard with a Vengeance level action, along yes. with their robot coitus. And, um, right. you Which, know... Can we talk about that for a second? The robot, they're, they're the robot coitus or Die Hard with a Vengeance? Robot coitus for a minute. Okay. They're clearly the families that go on vacation here, right? So yeah, there's been some kids and stuff. I mean, like, not in that part, in that, in that vein, but yes, there's been some families. Yes, so can you imagine for a second, I mean, think of, like, Disney World. You go to Disney World with your family as a kid, maybe... And adults go to Disney World, and your parents go to Disney World, and then you know that it's really all about providing fun for the kids, for the most part, unless you're one of those super weird into Disney people. Yeah. But can you imagine going on a family vacation with your fam, like your family, and then finding out that like when you went to bed at night, like your dad went out and raped robots? <laughs> I mean, it, it like, is it is a dystopian music part. Taking you on family vacation, but dad was really like, "Yeah, I'll bring the kid along. We'll do something during the day." But at night. I'm going to rape some robots. <laughs> right. It's, by the way, it's definitely not a show for children. Not, not you know, not the podcast, no. but, but the show. And that's one of these things that, to me, like, these people who visit this park, for the most part, are despicable people. Correct. Like, Correct. They are despicable. And I don't want to, like, make light of things like that, but at the same time, like, just because the robot or the host don't remember it, does, like, the morality piece of the show is huge. Because the, ro- because the hosts don't remember it, yeah, okay, maybe you're saying that makes it okay, but at the same time, they experience it, and, and they want the park, the people want the park and the host to be as real as possible when they experience it. Right, which is a pretty messed up thing, correct. Gross! Incredibly messed yeah. up, right. Yeah, and, and I, I actually think about, back to the man in black, Ed Harris, when he, he takes um, Lawrence, who... Is played by the actor Clifton Collins Jr. And, and he basically said, Lawrence, I'm not going to like kill you today. And he takes him to his hometown. And yeah. he then, I think, scalps Lawrence or somebody. And the little girl, his daughter, basically tells him that the maze or the center of the maze, whatever he's looking for, is not for him. I think it's another clue of like, yes. clearly, whether it's a sentient um, host or he's a human trying to become a host or whatever he is, he's trying to get to another plane. Of existence. Yes. Um, yeah, and that girl, if you remember in that scene, that girl switches. At first, she's like a typical little kid, and she's scared. Then all of a sudden, she goes into, like, nothing mode, and she's like, the maze is not for you. You know? Like, she turns off or turns on or something. Yeah, and I actually am, am wondering, and I don't think from a space-time continuum point it's possible, but I feel like the the, the, the Heidi Fleiss character, Maeve, Tandy Newton, yeah. is somehow connected to that girl in that scene. Because she's having some flashbacks about a scalping as well. And there's a little girl involved. And then we get to the Ed Harris scene where, like, he basically brings Lawrence to his family, kills his wife, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And leaves Lawrence and the daughter. So I've got that scene. Like I told you before we started taping, I've got it. the second episode. Playing. uh, Playing now. uh, Mute in the background. And that scene is actually playing as we talk. And it is one of the times they refer to the man in black as a guest. There's, um... The guy who leads, like, the security team, I don't know if you know who he is, like, that kind of young, handsome guy. I mean, let's oh, it's Rodrigo Santoro, a.k.a. Hesker 
Hector Escatone. Yes, he's like the leader of the security team. So he's there with somebody else, and the other guy says, hey, there's this guest. He's already taken out an entire posse. What should we do? And uh, the leader of the security team says, that gentleman gets whatever he wants. Right. Oh, and by the way, that's not. I don't think that is Rodrigo Santoro, but I know the guy you mean. No. There's so many he, dudes. He's very, yeah, he does not look like a Rodrigo. Correct, correct, correct. But Rodrigo Santoro, by the way, you are a handsome man, sir, and you're welcome on the freestyle, whatever you'd like. Um, yeah. All right, so let's, let's, I mean, we can probably, I mean, because all we're going to really do is talk in speculatory circles, but um, a couple questions for you. Who, which, yes. which characters are you most or least interested in as of the first two shows? Uh, well, clearly, Ed Harris. Yeah. Okay. And here you go. I'm going to give you, just because, and then I'll stop like, giving you ideas from the one that's uh, playing on mute in the background. But this is another thing I wanted to talk about in my outlandish Ed Harris theory. When he's sitting down with um, Lawrence, he says, you don't understand, Lawrence. I've been coming here for 30 years. In a sense, I was born here. Mm. Which goes back to the whole Anthony Hopkins. They know who they are. They want to find out who they can become. Right. So, and that actually right. weaves into the McPoyle slash Jimmy Simpson actor thing. Is like he chooses the white hat. One of the things when he gets there, it's like a very Epcot Center esque beginning. When he yeah. he and his brother in law show up there, is a lady like is like we can you know we can do it. We can go into the park later. You can choose a white hat or a black hat. Wear whatever you want. Yeah. He chooses the white hat, and then to bring it full circle, the Ed Harris character talks about I was born here wearing a black hat, which means. Does William become the man in black 30 years ago? And we're we're watching two different time periods of the same Westworld. Yeah. No Uh, idea. It's it's great. And that's what, like I've said to you, I said to you via text earlier this week, is there are 8 million rabbit holes that you can get pulled down. But that's part of the fun of the show, too, is that there are so many different levels to think about what's going on. Um, and it's got that, that science fiction element where none of them are like outrageous. You don't need to think about the reality of what situation you're talking about. Right, like in Game of Thrones, like if the Khaleesi wants to go into a fire, have all of her clothes burned off or hatch three dragons and be naked at the end of it, that's cool. She's the yeah. mother of dragons. I'm in. You know? Right. Would, would that have worked in the night of? Not so much, because it was a real-life <laughs> no, crime. No. And, and you and I did disagree, and I disagreed with nearly everybody on the night of, but... Um, so you were out the whole time? That only the second most disappointing ending to the night of for me, <laughs> as opposed to the actual ending of the night of. All right, so really quickly, do you think the night of was worse than True Detective Season 2? Uh, I would put them at the same. The reason I would put True Detective Season 2 worse is because I was so looking forward to it. You were so pumped for it, yeah. And, yeah, they, that, they, and that, they actually they screwed it up so bad that they had to like, shelf it for a year and put on the night of. Yeah. You know? Exactly, and they, it may be shelved indefinitely. They, they're still not sure it's coming back. Yeah, I, well, I'll tell you what. I enjoyed the night of, as you know, but uh, I, I respect your opinion, sir. Um, so did most critics. Correct. Now, uh, characters that you don't care about yet, and I know that's really not fair because like, we don't know what's going to happen. We've only had two hours of television, and there's a ton of characters. Yeah. Okay, here's who I don't care about, but I think I'm going to end up caring about the character for better or for worse. The, C, uh, the COO woman, so the woman who... Um, is clearly like at, she's like the business end of Anthony Hopkins, like CEO end. She made yes. out, she made out with uh, Jeffrey Wright. The yeah, ten million percent, ten million percent. I agree with you. I, 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 yes, that's she's the first one that comes to mind is to someone who should be important, but 
you know, I'm putting a lot of stock into the show. There's still the possibility that this show is not perfect and they have introduced a character that they don't know what to do with and we eventually see her phase out. But Correct. I have faith in the show that there is, as of right now, I have faith in the show that she is in the show for some reason. She's important. But I don't care about her yet. Gotcha. Okay. What do you make of the character who, I believe her name is Shannon Woodward. She is uh, Elsie Hughes in the show. She is Bernard Lowe's assistant. White girl, younger, kind of like a cute, nerdy type deal. Yeah, um, she kissed. She, she kissed, kissed a bot. She kissed uh, Dolores, maybe, or one of the. Oh no, you know yeah. who it was. She kissed um, Angela Sarafian's character, Clementine Pennyfeather. Great last name, Pennyfeather. Excellent name. Another character I don't care about. You don't care about Clementine Pennyfeather? No, no, not yet. You will rue the day when I get her on the show, a la Brian Burton. I, I will. I will. I will send my Angela. You are welcome on the show whenever you'd like. Anyway, yeah. I actually uh, can I can I do a true life confession? So I was watching the show last night, and my yeah. on demand was messed up, so I had to watch it on HBO Go plug on my iPhone, double plug. And okay. my so my screen was very small. It's like the screen we're both looking at each other on now on FaceTime, right? So right. I thought Shannon Woodward was Ellen Page of Juno fame. <laughs> I, you know what? I didn't think that, but I kept trying to try to place her. That's who. That's that. That's her. That's what I was thinking. You, you thought you thought it was Ellen Page too. Great call. Okay. Great call. Okay. So I'm not crazy on that. All right. No. So okay. You know what character I also don't care to care about, but they're forcing down our throat is Mr. Sizemore, the aforementioned British writer script guy who seems to only care about making things as violent as possible. Yeah. I just think we're gonna hate him and hate him early. Yeah, and I think you're supposed to. So I, I mean, I think I think they're doing their job well with that one. If you hate him already, yeah, I think that I think you're supposed to. Okay. Any, I don't know, any other outlandish theories or, or character arcs that you think you have? A, actually, you know what? Really quickly, let's talk about Dolores. Yes. Um, so Evan Rachel Wood's character, Dolores. We learn in the first episode that she is the oldest of the hosts. She was the yep. first host. And, I, and she's always been Dolores. She's always been Dolores. And when I mentioned the whole Groundhog's Day theme earlier, the first show, she wakes up to, like, the player piano and all that, like, six times. And yeah. six different days happen because the guests are choosing their own adventure, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So my point is, I mean, clearly we're already seeing that her father was the vessel to potentially start this self-awareness virus. And yeah. she's already spread it to Tandy Newton's character, Maeve. So, I'm trying to decide if Ed Harris is more important or less important than Dolores. And, and I know that this, this doesn't matter. I just want to for sake of our discussion. There is some sort of inextricable link. There's, there's a link between them because if you remember in the first episode, yep. he, he is very interested in Dolores and talks about how you, he, she can't remember him and like if that's his first trip back into the park. He makes sure he goes to see Dolores, and he he kills uh, kills her dad, kills her boyfriend, that, kills her dad, does bad things to her really mom. Oh uh, yeah, Teddy Flood. Teddy Flood killed every ten minutes. Yeah, poor James Mars Marsden, the actor. He dies very well. Very talented death dyer. Yes, but uh, he's got to be important because James Marsden's like I know that name. He's a known actor. Yeah, I, well, here's, the here's the thing. Here's the thing. Once Teddy Flood becomes sentient and has the memory of all the people who've killed him over the years, like, homeboy's going to light people up. Oh, he is going to be livid. 
Right. He's going to be livid. But, yes. But I do think that you're right. Dolores and the Man in Black are going to be completely linked. I have no idea how. But I'm yeah. really interested in her because she's so simple in the, in, the, in the two hours of television we've had so far. But you know that that's on purpose. And you know yeah. that she's going to be like, I don't know if we're going to love her or if we're going to hate her or both. or like. But it's, I, think, I think her flashbacks are going to be we look back at the end of the year, at the end of a couple seasons, if it goes that far, I think we're going to... My outlandish theory is that Dolores' memories will be more important than the man in black, and I could be in the minority there. So there's a reason that she's never changed. There's a reason she's always been Dolores, right? There, right. There's going to have to be some sort of reason that she's always been Dolores. Yeah. Um, I wonder if Anthony Hopkins... Yeah, I think it's... I also think that Anthony Hopkins and the man in black are going to have like a... Some type of a showdown, even though they're in two different worlds. Uh, yes. Uh, sorry. Yeah, I, I think, um, listen, who do I think are going to be the, the, the biggest characters? And the, there's going to be, I think Dolores, obviously, we get so much of a focus on her. Um, I think the man in black. I think McPoyle. Yeah. Uh, just people in the West world, in, in the West world universe. Just, I'm not counting the, like, business people are the people who run the park. Correct, correct. I, I think those three, um, I, I think I think the Tandy Newton, the uh, Heidi Fleiss type character, she strikes me as someone who's going to be important maybe early on. Yeah. And then gets shut down or, or disappears or somehow loses important. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I think those three, and we're going to have to pay attention to the links between those three, because if you remember at the end of episode two, um, as she as she does every day, she drops that tin of food, you know, whatever like the canned food is, yep. and it rolled. And that time, um, I mean, we're going to have to learn his name, but uh, you know, McPoyle stopped with this one and he brought it to her. And there was this there was this m- clear moment between them, right? Um, so, and if that, be- yeah. yeah, so yeah, well. We can leave it. We can pretty much leave it there. My last outlandish theory is: What if, for instance, you just mentioned that they might try to shut Maeve down? What if these like three or seven or ten of these like characters go rogue and go hide out in the hills somewhere? I mean, like that could be something too, where they just all like kind of break script and they go like. That's another theory. Um, all right. So a couple housekeeping items. Because this show is so gosh darn brand new, our plan is going to probably be to do this show. Uh, in two-week intervals, until yeah. we can get some more clarity. That being said, um, if something crazy goes down next week in week three, for instance, uh, we are absolutely reserving the right for an emergency podcast. A million, a million points of agreement. And I think there's also, I, and I want to kind of leave with some questions that maybe listeners can answer for me. Maybe I haven't found them, but things I want to know answers to yeah. that I, I don't quite understand is getting into Westworld. I don't, I don't, I mean, I know, like, the, the people take that train, but then, is it in a building? Is, is it, like, is there some sort of, how big is Westworld? Is it just, like, yeah. I, I don't, I don't get how the characters. Right, is it, is it the size, of, is it the size of a town? Is it the size of the state of North Carolina? Is it, you know, probably not that big. Is it a simulation chamber that when you go in the train, you're really just sitting in some sort of a pod, and then you enter a simulation chamber and. Right, like, are you in virtual reality? Well, really in there that's right that's that's one thing i'm kind of wondering about um and what when is the timeline is that and that might not be important at all 
So, um, like, is it tw- is it like is it, is it the year twenty one seventy five? Is it the year nineteen eighty five? Whatever. Right. It, that might not even matter. It might not matter. Totally. The story's written in nineteen seventy, like the early nineteen seventies, and I think I probably I went through a big. I'll tell you when I was in middle school, and I I read uh, I the two I read probably every Michael Crichton and every. I run, uh, weirdly enough, Clive Cussler book that had ever been written to date. So good old Clive Cussler getting a shout out. Yeah, I know, and there's no Clive Cussler HBO series just yet, but um, there should be. I, I I think I read Westworld. I don't remember it. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, but I don't know what the setting is, when it's supposed to be, or if that matters. Yeah, I don't either. That's a good question. I mean, my only other real question is how is Anthony Hopkins? power struggle with uh, the COO lady going to play out. Any outlandish theories on that, you can hit us up at Gavin Viano on Twitter. Um, your, ag- yeah. your agent um, is, is, is uh, Curtis Fingers. He forwards questions to you. Um, Absolutely. Curtis Fingers will we'll, we'll share the podcast. So that's um, at Curtis Fingers. Yeah, he's is, got is, some followers. Is your, in, is in your a, guy. Um, in a separate non-podcast, we can talk about Curtis Fingers uh, on Twitter recently. Uh, he's been blocked by Kurt Schilling, which he is. Oh, that's good. Very proud. I would love. Very proud. I would love to see if we can ever get Curtis on. We, I know that's. I know he's been. I know he doesn't want to come on. He likes to be a non, uh, you know, mysterious. Um, yeah. But I love to hear how he did that. I also heard that that, that Curtis Fingers may or may not have, have ventured into the world of um, app-based dating. Um, yeah. So again, if you can forward to your agent, that I would love to talk to him about that. That'd be huge too. Yeah. There um, are some. There, there, there's some stories you yeah, can tell. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we go, a couple last things. Didn't give a shout out earlier to Dottie's Donuts in West Philly. Had one of their donuts and some coffee this morning. Um, also, want to shout out the Whispering Aliens, which is a reality show like subgroup that um, is big into reality TV, especially Southern Charm. I want them to check out our episode four podcast uh, down down our season four Southern Charm preview show from Charleston, and also T Rav and um, Shep from the show Shep and the Charm. I know they don't watch it. They ducked us in Charleston, and then during the hurricane, they left Charleston and they went to Selwyn Avenue Pub, which is the bar I go to all the time here in Charlotte. The week that I wasn't here, I was in Ireland. So T Rav, Shep, why are you ducking me? Why are you ducking me two weeks yeah. in a row? Why are you ducking yeah. me two weeks in a row? All right, man. I'm going to cue up our outro music, but I appreciate you jumping in on this because Westworld is going to be, I think, a show worth talking about. I can't wait till it starts to shake out. Like, it's already got my attention. Um, yeah. I already have, I'm already all the way in for season one. I already like that they've renewed it for multiple seasons. Um, yeah. I really. I'm all in on it. I'm all in. Yeah, I mean, I really, uh, you know, I know that you were a fan of the book, The Leftovers. Do you still watch that show? Did that get canceled? Is what's... Uh, No, and apparently Leftovers is supposed to be very good television. It just moves very, very slowly right. for TV, and that, uh, I chalk up more to not it being bad TV, just not being the TV for me, because I got poor connection, but hopefully hearing me tell it, it's critically acclaimed, it's supposed to be really good. Correct. Well, this show, I hope, was a little faster. Fast like our theme song. Uh, Mr. Patterson, thanks for being on, buddy. Stick around for a minute. We will catch up. But if I can get things... Uh-oh, I just hit Andrew Patterson in the face, but it was virtual, just like he's a boss. Survived it. Yeah, well, it's just like the show, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm the host. You're a guest. You can't get hurt. It's good news. All right, man. All right. Thanks for being on. Philbusterfreestyle.com. And by the way, folks, share us um, on Facebook if you can. Like us on iTunes, subscribe on SoundCloud, leave a review, 
Help us blow this thing up. And last but not least, filibusterfreestyle.com. Andrew, thanks for being on, buddy. Thank you. Oh, yeah, the outro song's back, too, ladies and gentlemen. Love it. You should see if you can get any player panels to play either of your songs. Yes. That's a good idea. We need a player piano intro. All right, buddy. We'll catch you later.